Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, where each week, Dr. Frank Domino, along with his guests, translates today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. Now, broadcasting from the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Mass., your host, Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Low-fat, low-carb, gluten-free. There are many ways out there to lose weight. Recently, a publication in JAMA looked at a unique way for weight loss called alternate day fasting. This has become popular, as have other fasting methods. Hi, this is Frank J. Domino, MD, and thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking on Family Medicine. Joining me today is Jill Terrian, assistant professor in the Graduate School of Nursing and director of the Family Nurse Practitioner Program at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Welcome to the show, Jill. Thank you, Frank. Let me just pose a clinic question to you or a case. A 38-year-old male whose BMI is 36 presents for follow-up of his hypertension. He knows he needs to exercise and lose weight, but he has failed at previous diets. A friend at work has started a fasting program, and your patient asks you if you recommend it. What do you say? Well, Jill, I have been getting more questions recently uh, about different ways to lose weight, and fasting has become popular. A recent study in JAMA looked at using an alternate day fasting program that sounded pretty good. Um, what they did was they recommended uh, for obese adults, they, they divided them into three groups. One group had followed the alternate day fasting program, which on fast days, they took in 25% of their calorie needs. On non-fasting days, they took in 125% of their energy needs. The second group was a calorie-restricted diet where they just ate 75% of what their, calor- what their energy needs were thought to be, and the third group served as a control. They studied them over the course of a year, and they found that at six months and a year, there was no significant difference in the weight loss groups between the alternate day fasting and the restricted energy intake groups. So while alternate day fasting might be effective, they both led to about a 6% weight loss over the course of a year, Um, it was no better than just thinking on a lower calorie diet. So Frank, that is really an interesting study. So here's your patient. So is it something that they have to do every other day? And talking to your patient, what would you recommend specifically? So, so for the patient that we have in question here, um, you, you'd chat with him about what he likes to eat and what, is, what his energy needs are in general over the course of a day and help him try to figure out how to apply the alternate day method to his lifestyle. Um, so for the average adult male, um, they need about 2,000 calories a day. So for, for that individual, they're going to probably need about uh, 500 calories on their fasting day uh, and maybe between 2,000 and, and 2,500 calories on their non-fasting day. Uh, so you'd have to help them figure out, A, do they, how are they going to do just eating 500 calories a day, and um, maybe how to think through what might be the best method for them to apply. This study and other studies have looked at a 
different ways to approach alternate day fasting and eating small calorie intake. One method is to just eat 500 calories for this patient um, as their evening meal. If you're a patient who's overweight or obese and has a hard time sticking to eating just a small amount once a day, you can break it up to two or three small meals a day. And one method to do that is to take a meal replacement shake once or twice a day uh, as, as a way to reach that 500 calorie goal. And then on the non-fasting days, tell them to eat normally, but it doesn't mean it's cookies and ice cream. It's to eat how they would normally eat in a healthy manner. That's great, Frank. How about side effects? You know, we are a society that, you know, food is very important to us and it's everywhere. So when you're talking, so the patient's motivated, they've asked you about it. And, you know, are they going to be dizzy? Are they going to be, you know, and have any, have you noticed any side effects in the reading that you did? Okay, so this study um, looked at a variety of outcomes, and there were two areas um, that m rose to the top of significance. One was that, and this is all throughout the obesity and weight loss literatures, applying something like this to someone who has an eating disorder can be dangerous. Although there's no data that shows that, there is a significant concern. So someone, especially with binge eating disorder, on their non-fasting days, that you might be feeding into a cycle that could be, could be severe. The other thing that was found was that um, although there was no significant change in cardiovascular risk factors, in particular lipid outcomes uh, with regards to HDL, there was a small but statistically significant increase in LDL levels in the alternate day fasting group. Again, this study was only done for a year, so we don't know whether that increased cardiovascular risk or if that's just a statistically significant and clinically non-significant finding, but it, those two things need to be kept in mind. That's great. So we had in this case the patient asking you about the study. How do you apply it in general to the patients that you see? When do you offer it as an option? Well, I think Alternate day fasting is someone, if someone comes in and asks me about it and they failed with typical restricted dietary intake uh, plans in the past, I'm happy to give it a try. I think if they failed at more traditional methods, this is worth them trying. The theory about how it works is that on those days where you are fasting, your body still has the same energy demands. And when there are no other calories coming in through your GI tract, it turns to the adipose tissue and consumes that for the needed energy. So I think they're safe to apply in patients who may have failed traditional methods or are, or are at least curious about taking this approach. My personal belief is I always encourage patients that the goal of weight loss is both for how they feel and often how they look, uh, but also to lower all types of risks. And we know obesity correlates with a variety of outcomes, but the best way to lose weight is to incorporate dietary changes with exercise. And there's a good bit of data that shows doing endurance exercise, burning calories, especially quickly, uh, getting yourself into anaerobic metabolism is the best way combined with calorie restriction in some form uh, to lose weight and to prevent future heart disease. So I 
when patients say, I want to lose weight, and I ask them about exercise, and they say they're walking their dog, I tell them that's terrific for the dog, but what I really need them to do is something that's going to burn some calories quickly. Frank, do you have any recommendations on, and we know we talked about calorie uh, amounts and the percentages on the fasting days. How about hydration status? Is there anything they need to pay attention to, on, uh, particularly on those fasting days? So it's interesting. Uh, this study did not look at fluid intake, but in general, there's really great data both in adults and children that uh, keeping yourself adequately hydrated with water just water was led to improved weight loss outcomes. Uh, there have been a variety of theories about physiologically why this makes sense. There's a number of behavioral studies that say uh, people when they're thirsty will eat because that forces them to drink. I'm not sure what the actual physiologic benefit of hydration is, but I do think there's great convincing data that probably six to eight eight ounce servings of water throughout the day is going to lead to improved weight loss and lower the risk of any adverse outcomes. One last thought, Frank, is there any uh, patients that you would not recommend this diet for? Besides, we talked about the binge eating, that might be a risk. I think patients who have um, you know, brittle diabetes or are using uh, preprandial insulin or sulfonylureas, uh, those populations are going to be folks who are going to be using, uh, that they need adequate intake every day. So I think they would be my only hesitation. That being said, I think the world is moving away from short-acting agents that can cause hypoglycemia. So uh, for an obese type 2 diabetic on uh, one or two drug regimen that doesn't induce hypoglycemia, this is a fine alternative if they failed more traditional methods for weight loss. So to summarize, alternate day fasting is an effective method for weight loss. It's no more effective than traditional uh, calorie restriction diets, but the risk of harms is extremely low when applied to the appropriate populations. And for some folks who failed other methods, this may be a new and novel way that works well for them. Join us next time when we discuss the adverse effects of short-term corticosteroid use. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the Resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME-accredited activities now available on PrimeMed.com. We want to keep making this podcast better with every episode, so we need your feedback. Tell us what you think by submitting your feedback via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or log into PrimeMed.com and submit your feedback at the bottom of the episode landing page. Thank you again for listening.